Brethren, the story of a great recovery. Part 1 England and Wales. Chapter 18. Leighton and East London. Well over fifty years ago two newly married men decided to make their homes in what was then the pretty little village of Leightonstone. Their names were William T. Bilson and Ransom Wallace. Both were earnest Christian workers, and very soon they became deeply exercised concerning the lack of testimony on simple scriptural lines. This led them to look around for some building in which they with other Christians might gather to the name of the Lord. After much searching they found a small hall in Leighton which had formerly been a dancing saloon, and had also been utilized for Salvation Army meetings. Though not considered an ideal place, yet it was felt that a door had been opened in answer to prayer, and here a number of believers gathered around the Lord's table for the first time. Gospel services and Sunday school work were started, and soon afterwards a weekly meeting for women under the spiritual care of Mrs. Skelton was commenced. In those early days such stalwarts as Lord Radstock, William Groves, known as Happy Bill, Gypsy Smith, John Jones and Sergeant Bailey were numbered among the many fellow helpers in the gospel. With the opening of this meeting several of the Lord's people residing at Walthamstow, who were in fellowship with the Clapton Assembly, strengthened the little company by joining the Leighton Gathering. The work prospered exceedingly, and the assembly became so large that about half the number, by mutual agreement, occupied the YMCA. Premises then existing near the present Baker's Arms almshouses, where a testimony was begun. The work continued to prosper, many missions were held and souls were saved. About the year 1895 the Sunday school, which from the beginning had been under the superintendency of W.T. Bilson, became so overcrowded that it was necessary to provide a schoolroom for the infant class, this was built by the teachers and friends. When the Livingstone College was opened, just over 30 years ago, a number of medical students during their course of study were received into fellowship at Leighton. Their presence gave an added stimulus to interest in service for the Lord in other lands, and several in fellowship felt their call from God to serve Him in the foreign field. Mr. James Teskey went to Singapore, Mr. and Mrs. Charters to N. Africa, and more recently Mr. Albert went to Central Africa. The latter was accompanied by Mr. Conrad Lohr, who was a convert in Leighton Hall Sunday School, although he went out as commended by South End Assembly. In the year 1912 the assembly and the work among children had again grown to such proportions that it was decided to look for fresh premises. An old house stood on a site opposite the hall. The ground was secured, the house demolished, and the present hall and classrooms built, the opening services being conducted by James W. C. Fagan. About this time several of the friends living at Leightonstone decided with others to form an assembly in that neighborhood, which resulted in about 30 going to form the nucleus of the testimony of Grove Green Hall. Notwithstanding this depletion of numbers together with the possession of larger premises, the efforts continued to be blessed and the assembly found themselves in urgent need of a separate classroom for the young men. However, the young men themselves rose to the occasion, and under the supervision of George Offord, a builder in fellowship, they built a brick structure large enough to accommodate 60 people. And thus the testimony at Leighton continues. The neighboring assembly of Folkestone Road Hall, which is one of the largest assemblies in London, commenced in the early 80s in a very unpretentious manner at a time when Walthamstow was rapidly developing from what had been a small outlying town to a large and important London suburb. The moment was ripe, the growing population came under the sound of the gospel when and where it was needed, and God blessed the effort. How the work of grace began is recalled by Mr. G. J. Hyde, 
who has furnished the wider with the story of its rapid and remarkable expansion. The late Mrs. Ransom Wallace, named Miss McCall, started a Bible class for young men, which was held in a small iron hall that her father had erected in a field belonging to him close to Ho Street. Several of these young men were converted, and to provide an outlet for their zeal and energy Mr. McCall and his daughter sought the aid of Thomas F. L. Morris, who later laid down his life for the Lord in Central Africa, a tent was procured and was pitched at Whip's Cross Corner, adjoining Epping Forest. Mr. Morris was a good evangelist and a capable organizer. Many were, through his instrumentality, brought to the Lord, and the problem immediately arose as to where the meetings could be continued. Mr. McCall offered his little building, and throughout the winter, meetings were carried on there with further signs of blessing. As at that time there was no assembly at Walthamstow, those desiring baptism and fellowship went either to Clapton Hall or Leighton Hall. In 1884 another tent was pitched at the corner of Boundary Road and Flow Street, with the result that many were brought to the Lord. As the tent was on the borders of Leighton, a meeting was held between the brethren then gathering in the old Leighton Hall and those who had been going to Clapton Hall, to discuss the question of securing a central place where the believers of Walthamstow could break bread instead of having to make the journey to Clapton. A site was obtained in the garden of a house in the vicinity, and the small building was removed thereto from Mr. McCall's premises. There the United Leighton and Walthamstow brethren first met to remember the Lord in the breaking of bread. A Sunday school was started here whilst other meetings were carried on at Leighton Hall. Numbers increased, outgrowing the accommodation, so a dismantled iron hall, which had formerly stood in the Mile End Road, was purchased and rebuilt in the Queen's Road. The Walthamstow Assembly was then duly constituted. From the beginning the Lord greatly blessed the testimony of the gospel, souls were saved each week, many Christians from various places of worship in the town were attracted, and, being helped, sought fellowship. After a time, so great was the interest manifested, the question arose as to providing further accommodation. Minerva House in High Street was taken and a work amongst children begun. The Little Iron Hall was removed from Leighton to the Higham Hill district of Walthamstow and a mission commenced, of which Mr. B. Art Muddit was the first superintendent. Alluding to those early days of which we white, when open-air meetings and personal dealing with the unsaved were pleasing features, I cannot refrain from recounting here what another whiter, who himself passed through those times of refreshing, has set down, for it gives us a happy glimpse into those not very remote days. After describing the speakers, whom he assures us were not giants in oratory and argument, he says, the one who drew and held the biggest crowds was Daddy Kenyon, and many a person who never entered a place of worship would go down High Street on Sunday night to hear the old man speak. He was indeed a bit of old Walthamstow, and I visualize him even now, a tall man with white hair and beard, dressed in the long frock coat of the later Victorian age, standing on a portable rostrum telling the people the number of years he had proved the Lord Jesus Christ to be the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. At the close of the meeting, the doxology having been sung, quite a number of people would move to where Daddy was standing, as, with tears in his eyes, he would say, Now, lads, why don't you come to Christ? And there, with open Bible in hand, he would seek to point them to the Savior. At the Sunday evening gospel meeting Mr. Kenyon was the doorkeeper, and right well did he perform the task. As the choir sang on the platform he sang at the door, and as the people came in he not only gave them a hymn book but found them a seat, and with his infectious smile made the newcomer feel at home. He then returned along the aisle, still singing. On Lord's Day morning when he wished to lead the praise or prayers of the assembly, he would invariably come forward and kneel at the Lord's table. 
During the week, after finishing his rounds in the performance of his duties as postman, his spare time was spent in giving away tracts to the passers-by, and in this way he became widely known, hence it was that people liked to hear him speak in the open air, for every word he spoke was backed up by the ripe experience of a man who walked with God. To cope with the needs of the Queen's roadwork, some structural alterations to the building were carried out, which provided additional accommodation for a hundred persons. The attendance continued to increase, when unhappily the adjoining owner brought an action to restrain the premises being utilized for religious meetings. Owing to a flaw in the title deeds on a technical point, the plaintiff won his case, and the assembly was compelled to pull down the hall. The result was the erection of the larger premises where the assembly still meets, and in the present building the work has been carried on for nearly half a century. Many memorable gatherings have been held in this place, and it is associated with times of gracious revivings, for many have been saved under its roof. At the present time, the number on the church register of Folkestone Road Assembly is about 380. The Sunday school enrolls 350 scholars, there are in addition 90 members of the young women's Bible class, and about 40 in the young men's Bible class. The history of Folkestone Road Assembly is an illustration of the proverb, there is that scattereth, but yet increaseth, for there have been two new assemblies formed in the district from it. About thirty-six years ago the brethren who labored at Higham Hill, before referred to, felt the time had come to start a meeting. A new hall, known as Higham Hill Gospel Flail, was built, and a number transferred from Folkestone Road Hall. The work has continued happily, and there are at present nearly a hundred in fellowship. Following a period of spiritual prosperity, the mission in the high street, to which we have already alluded, underwent some considerable change about ten years ago. The Minerva housework had been transferred to a workman's hall in 1889, and a thriving work maintained among the children and young people. The tenure of the premises was becoming somewhat precarious when a large mission room in Markhouse Road, belonging to a congregational church, was secured and the work re-established there. The new premises, known as South Grove Hall, being more commodious, and no restrictions being placed upon their use, naturally gave an impetus to the work, several tent missions being held on the land in front of the hall, adding to its interest and increasing its blessing. The result was that in 1928 the workers considered that it would be honoring to the Lord if a fresh assembly were formed there. After prayerful waiting upon God, in full fellowship with the parent meeting, an assembly was established in the autumn of that year, 61 being commended from Folkestone Road Hall to South Grove, consisting of those who were engaged in the work there were living in the neighborhood.